Hey church, I'm so glad that you're carving out some time uh, to gather together with us around God's word. And so I'm gonna invite you to come with me to Psalm uh, 23. Uh, over the next four weeks, we're gonna be camping out in this passage of scripture because I believe it's not only got some important things to say to us, some correction to us, some guidance to us, uh, it's in this passage that we find um, Hill City's word uh, of the year. And so I want us to come to Psalm 23 and let's read it together, uh, even though we all probably know it and can recite it from memory. Uh, let's read the scriptures together. And here's what David writes. It says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to draw our attention back into verse number six, the very first part of that. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Church, for us, over the next year, this is what I believe is the word over the word to and the word for our church. And so let's bow our heads and our hearts for prayer. Father, we love you and we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that brings illumination and revelation uh, into uh, your word. And so, God, we don't take any of this for granted. Every time we come to the text, every time we come to the scriptures, we know that you are with us. And God, we collectively say, speak. Your servants are listening. And God, I pray that if you would give us the ability to hear you, God, you would also then give us the courage to follow, to obey. And so, God, I pray that today you would give us, give us insight, give us passion, give us courage, and Lord, give us receiving hearts. God, we love you. We give you all the praise and the glory. And all God's people said, amen. Now, why, why do we do kind of a, a word of the year? Or, or what does that mean for us? So a couple of things as, as we just begin. Here, here's what I believe in my heart. That, that a word of the year, a phrase, or a scripture, what it provides for us is a guide. It gives us a sense of man, what do we feel like God is saying to us? What is, what is God specifically communicating to us, a people gathered here together? And what's God saying at this time in this history uh, in our church? It's also something that kind of aligns us. It brings us together. And it says, man, here we are. This is what God has been speaking to us. This is what God has for us. And we're moving kind of in that direction. It also serves us as a reminder and just what are the things that God's saying? Because as we move into the year, here's what happens. All of the passion, the energy, the excitement that we have in the beginning, it begins to fade or it can fade and it can begin to wane as the year moves on. I think a word of the year, I think a phrase allows us not just to set maybe a goal, but what it does is it provides a target to us where we're kind of aiming and we're shooting towards Kind of something. There's an alignment in us. And if we're all kind of aligned in one direction, we begin to see and feel momentum and energy that can happen 
and those things. So for us, as we kind of look into this, I think this word, I think this verse, I think it's one that we should pray. I think it's one that we should gather our hearts around. I think it's one, not only do we memorize it, maybe we write it down, we keep it somewhere that we could look, look to and look at, and we bring it to our mind and to our hearts kind of over and over. It's something that can become a rhythm. It's something that can become sort of a cadence uh, in our life. And so we, we could pray it. I think we also can declare it. I think we also can say it over our year, maybe even at the beginning of the year, sort of prophetically, that we're going to pronounce this and we're going to declare this. And we know that God's word does not return void. And so we can say with confidence, we can we can declare these scriptures just as David wrote them, and we can stand confidently uh, on them. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to spend some time sort of unpacking the 23rd Psalm, because I believe as we unpack kind of the, the Psalm in totality, it provides an even richer understanding of this one uh, portion uh, of the passage. But today, I want to focus in on verse 6 the very beginning of it. We'll read it again. Here's our word of the year. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. And so when I look at these verses, I want to just take some time today and I want to kind of walk through some of these words and I want us to grab hold of them and I want us to be able to sort of listen with our spirits and allow the Lord to really energize it and kind of impress this on our heart. That first word, that verse, surely. There is this feeling of confidence that is in that word. It's not a maybe. It's not a perhaps. It's not a might be. But there is a trust. There is a posture of you can count on it. There's that feeling of there is no doubt in my mind that this is going to take place. What's important for us to understand is that confidence doesn't come in circumstance. That confidence doesn't come because of of what they're able to discern happening around them in that moment. That type of confidence, that surely, that comes only when we are rooted and when we are committed to the way of Jesus and to the provision that God has over us and what God has done in our lives. You'll hear me say this over and over because I want it to get into our hearts. God's movement past is a prerequisite of how God will move in the future, meaning this, God's faithfulness in the past, God's faithfulness throughout the generations gives me confidence here and now that God will be faithful in the present and God will be faithful in the future. I want us this year, 2022, as a church, to have this sort of surely posture. We're coming off of last year's word where is there anything too hard for God? That is that same sort of tenacity, that same sort of posture that we find in this passage. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Those two words, their goodness and mercy, they are very rich words 
in the Hebrew scriptures. And I want us to take a couple moments and just consider both of them. The Hebrew word for goodness that we see translated here is tov. Now that word is seen numerous times throughout the Old Testament. When you translate it as, as good, it can be describing something. So in Genesis chapter one, when the Lord creates, when God creates and he sees that it is tov, it's good, he's describing what he's making. He's describing what he's created. But also what we see in this scripture, what we see in this text and in other places, is that when we're talking about the goodness of God, we're not talking about just an adjective of something. We're talking about its essence, that God is in himself. He is good and he does good. So the goodness of God doesn't flow out of just some sort of exercise but the goodness of God is an intricate quality of who he is at his core and his design. You see throughout the scriptures, before us there are these decisions of good and evil. Moses and, and God say to the people, he says, I set before you the choice of life and death, and now you have to make that choice. That choice is seen in the garden. That choice is seen throughout the Old Testament. Friends, that choice is on center stage in our life, day in and day out. We get to choose life, good, or death, evil. We get to choose tov, good, or ra, evil. We, we have to make those decisions, and the reality is that you and I, humanity, has proven time and time again, when given the option, we have a proclivity, a propensity to choose not life and good, but we choose death. You see, when I think about this idea of, of good, there is this, this statement, this phrase that really kind of captures it, is that when something is good, that moment of good, it's when it is performing or behaving in the precise way that it was designed. That is a good, it is good moment. So when we think about the goodness of God is following us. The, the blessing of God is following us. The good of God, the the everything in our life performing and behaving the way in which God designed is following us, the goodness of God. And then we see this other powerful word in the Hebrew scriptures, hesed. And the way in which mercy is translated here, we see the mercy of God. It's in, in, in the Hebrew, the way in which it's talking is it's not just speaking of mercy, but it's even richer and deeper. This word in the Old Testament is seen over 245 times. And what it means, the hesed of God, it is God's compassionate. It's the describing God as gracious, that God is described in the Old Testament as slow to anger and overflowing with loyal loves with loyal love. It is combining the ideas of God's love, his generosity, his enduring commitment to his people. When we think about this word and we think about the richness of this, what's important for us to understand about our God is that it is not conditional, but it is an expression of God's character. 
This type of love that God bestows upon us, that God has towards his people, Throughout time, we see it demonstrated in the Old Testament. We see it most most beautifully in the person of Jesus Christ. As Jesus comes, he is demonstrating and on display for humanity the hesed of God, the loving, faithful kindness of God. This is a covenantal love. This is God keeping his covenant and loving his people, not because of our worth, not because we have earned it, not because we've behaved properly enough, not because we have chosen good, but because God is good. And when you combine these two words together, when they're the sense of God's goodness and then God's everlasting kindness, when you put those two things together, there is this There is this thought in the ancient Near East at that time that when a god or a dignitary would come to a place, they would travel with two representatives with them. You see in the Old Testament scriptures where Abraham is visited by the messengers of God. He's visited by not just one, but he's visited by a couple of, of divine beings when he gets the word of God's promise coming to him. And so I want you to see this. It is almost as... God is saying to them that the love of God as it comes after you, as God pursues you, there is also with God goodness and mercy coming for you as well. I want us to see these words as rich. I want them to see them as God keeping his covenantal promise with his people, his steadfast love together with goodness. It suggests for us that there is a kindness and a support that one can can count on. When you think about kind of family and friends that you can depend on in your life, this is the weight in these words. You can count on God's goodness. You can count on God's mercy. Surely we can. And then the other word that I want us to key in on this phrase that I I think is just very, very powerful as as we consider this, as a directional statement for our year, as we consider this even as a target, that we want to continue living towards this and living in this reality, that it would follow me. That word you can see translated in different places as chase, pursue. I want us to think about that God's goodness and that God's mercy, his everlasting kindness, that it is following us, that it is chasing us, that it is pursuing us. You see, many of us, we think about the things in our life that we are chasing. We think about the things that we're giving our intention and our hope and our aspirations for. What I want us to be concerned about this year is not what I'm chasing after, but what is chasing after me. And so this morning, I want you to write down a couple things that I want you to consider and pray over and pray through as we think about this word of the year. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The first thing I want you to write down is simply this, that the things that you have been chasing aren't greater than what is chasing you. If we were all together, you'd shout amen. We'd give high fives to each other on the left 
and the right, because that statement, not only is it a good phrasing, but it is a true statement for you, friend. What you have been chasing after is not greater than what is chasing after you. That reframes everything for me. The things in my life that are important, the things in my life that I place value on, the things that I might find hope in, those things pale in comparison to the God that is chasing and pursuing me. Let me encourage somebody with this today. Many of you have been living in a season and in a place in your journey where you've been feeling anxiety, you've been feeling worry, you've been feeling fear. There have been some things you have been concerned about because they've been chasing after you, and you've been frightened because you feel like the footsteps are getting closer, that anxiety is creeping in, that fear is hunting you down. And I just simply want to declare this over your life and over mine and over our church. The footsteps that you have been hearing are not the fear that's been fighting you. It's not the anxiety that's been chasing you down. But listen to me, friends, what you've been feeling and hearing pursuing you is the goodness and it's the mercy of God. Let those footsteps overshadow the fear. Let those footsteps overshadow the anxiety and the doubt and the depression and the sickness. Let all of the things that have been chasing you down, let them be outrun by the God that is pursuing you. The second thing I want you to write down and pray through and consider is that we are called to follow in the same way that we have been chased. Here's what I love about our God. He never calls us into something that he hasn't given us a pattern to follow. The the way in which God pursues us with goodness and with mercy, there is this underlying theme throughout the psalm, and we'll explore later on. And the underlying themes are the wandering in the wilderness and the deliverance in the Exodus. And in those places, we can see that God has been both a provider and that God has been a protector. And as God pursues his people, there is a reckless sort of abandon. There is this aggressiveness in in how God pursues. You see that the underlying theme in that word follow in the passage it actually has some military connotation. In essence, when we think about the way in which God is pursuing you, it's God is fighting for you. When we think about God chasing after us, it's not this sort of lackadaisical, easygoing, looking for someone. Like when I read this, I can't help but being reminded of times being in a, shopping center and my kid may be sneaking off behind a rack of clothes and I couldn't see them or I didn't know exactly where they were and I, and I turned for a moment and look back and that that feeling of I don't have something with me that I'm supposed to have and that propelling me into a pursuit in a chase that has great passion, that has great vigor, that is the way, friends, God is pursuing you. You see, many of us, we've been more concerned about those other things that are chasing us. We've been more concerned about the things that we're chasing. And what I'm saying to you is that in this year, what God is calling us to is a greater level of pursuit of him. 
a greater level of pursuing, not just the the things that God can do in our life, but pursuing God, pursuing his word, pursuing his presence, pursuing the very nature of who God is, and that we we would find ourselves lost in that pursuit, and that that pursuit would overwhelm us, that pursuit would overshadow us. The last thing I want you to write down and pray through and consider as we talk about this word and as we kind of lock in to this passage of scripture over the next few weeks, and this phrase I kept sort of thinking in my soul and kept sort of thinking about this. And I want you to write it down this way. Let the Lord catch you this year. Let the Lord catch you. He is following you. He is pursuing you. He is chasing you with his goodness with his kindness, his covenantal love, loyalty towards you, faithfulness that is throughout the generations, his goodness for your life, the way in which he's designed and purposed and planned for you to be. Let, let, the, let that God catch you. Don't be elusive from the things of God. Don't find yourself hiding behind places. Allow God to catch you this year that you might experience the shepherding love, the provision, the protection, the promise that this God has for you. Friends, here's my prayer for us. That as the days and the weeks and the months of this year, as they move by, that we will allow our eyes and ears to be opened, that we might hear and see and feel this word in a new and a fresh way, not just on this Sunday, but maybe on that Tuesday in July, when we're reminded that surely the goodness and mercy of God will follow me all the days of my life. When we receive the good news, when we receive the word that the job that we are not qualified for, we actually got. Surely the goodness and mercy of God is following us in that moment. In the moment when you find yourself surrounded by people that you know don't have your best interest in mind, but it feels like they're there to do you harm. May you hear this voice resonating deep in your soul. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. May this be something that you pray over yourself. May it be something that you pray over your household. May it be something that becomes a rhythm to your spirituality and to your soul this year that we follow God in the same way that God is pursuing us. I expect nothing but the goodness and the mercy of God to follow me all the days of my life. Church, this, this is our hope. This is what we can stand firm on. Because God has demonstrated this to us, not just in this verse, but demonstrated it throughout all of the scriptures. Demonstrated it to us in his son. 
Jesus comes on the scene and he is the representation in flesh and human form, God's love for humanity. And I'm just telling you, if God will not withhold even his son from us, how much more so can we expect and see the goodness and the mercy of God in our lives this year, friends? I'm excited for what God is going to do. I'm excited for all that God uh, is going to continue to say to us as a church. We love you. We can't wait to see you. Grace and peace.